Hello and welcome to the Kingdom Church Podcast. We're so glad you could join us. Today you're hearing a very special message from five individuals from our very own team at Kingdom Church. And they're sharing about a time during their lives when God has built their faith. Come on, somebody. So yeah, that's uh, coming along nicely. So hey, today is a super, super special day to be in church because we have something special going on. Can't be a special day unless you have something special going on. Uh, So hey, listen, today, um, if you can't see behind us, we have five lovely individuals from our team. Come on, somebody. They are going to be speaking for uh, about five minutes each uh, just on what God has been doing um, in their lives. And man, you guys are about to be greatly encouraged. Uh, If you do not know, we... um, we have a theme for, for this year that we just believe God gave us, a word that God gave us, and it was just simply build. And we just believe God, God is building certain aspects of our lives. God is building all of us, um, but there's just always times, seasons, places where God builds different things. And so today, in kind of what um, I encourage these guys, I said, hey, just talk about a time, uh, a season, or maybe it's what God's doing right now where just God built your faith. Um, or how God is building your faith. So I kind of kept it vague, and uh, man, these guys are about to share some amazing things. So um, I'm just super pumped for it, and I'm super excited for you guys just to hear what they have to say. So um, right now, in this place, uh, are you guys ready? Come on, let's make everyone on this stage feel welcome. Listen, because I can like, I can make it when you guys look like you're half dead out there. but these guys, these guys are fresh. They're brand new. So uh, let's, uh, let's be smiling. Let's be making noise. And reason being is this. God has done amazing things in their lives. And uh, such amazing things. To be honest, like, I really won't have to even tell you to keep your mouths shut because they're going to be open automatically. Um, because I... Calm down. Um, Chase was trying to roast uh, something. And anyways... You guys ready? Don't worry. He won't do that to you guys. You make that face with them, it's over. Um. Okay, let's do it. Five speakers, five minutes. You guys ready to go? Amazing. Jesus, I just pray right now that you just empower each and every one of our speakers, God. We just thank you so much for what you're doing in their lives, God. We love you. Um, Thank you. And just speak to us now in your name. Amen. Everybody hear me okay? Good. All right, so uh, coincidentally, thank you, Harrison. Coincidentally, uh, when I first came to Harrison, I was actually talking about small group, so I'm not really sure what he heard me say where I ended up on the stage talking in front of the entire church. But that being said, uh, I'm going to give you guys a very concise version of the story that I originally told Harrison. It's actually not even the same story. And the reason being is because uh, the reason being is that I was trying to condense about 20 years with a story into five minutes. And so that being considered, I had to kind of extract out the pieces that I really felt like were the most impactful for you guys and most important to just kind of getting to where I am now and not necessarily what I'm doing now. Uh, so I'm going to start pretty general. Uh, that being said, in my 20s, it was just kind of a disaster. Um, it actually started, uh, my tailspin, so to speak, started uh, with an abrupt end to a military career. So. Uh, My intention, I actually have my two hecklers here, so one of my roommates from the Marine Corps was still here. Um, But I'd intended, for all intents and purposes, for that to be my life career. 
and it ended very abruptly. And in that moment, I became very lost as to what my identity was, which direction I was heading, what I should be doing. So I looked for things of comfort. The first thing that I kind of went back to was just getting into like grappling and fighting. Uh, I met an individual named Rafael Obato Sr. And he more or less took me under his wing. And every day before we get into our sparring sessions, he would kind of say facetiously, do you know what the three universal languages are? They're love, math, and he'd clench his fist and look us in the eyes and say pain. Um, so the intent behind that was kind of as a joke, uh, in a literal sense, we were going to experience physical pain if we weren't adhering to the things that he had taught us and the direction, uh, that he had given us when it came to protecting ourselves from avoidable discomfort. Uh, what I didn't know is that that would be impactful later in my life. Uh, I continued to look for other things of comfort, which led me to a divorce, uh, led me to two degrees that were kind of in a wheelhouse of things that I felt comfortable with, but I ended up not using. Uh, and half a dozen other things. So I continued to search and search and search, but I didn't know what I was searching for. Uh, by the time I got to my 30s, it kind of came to a head. Uh, I was frustrated, fragmented. Uh, there was shame. There was guilt. There was all kinds of other things in my life. Uh, and everything that I had been doing up to that point, none of it was fulfilling. I ended up contacting a Christian counselor by uh, the name of Robert Huckleberry. I'd actually met with him on two separate occasions prior one following my divorce and then another time just kind of on a whim. At that point in time, I really wasn't ready to hear what he had to say because he always interjected scripture and God, and I had no desire to hear what he had to say when it came to those things. I just wanted to talk about me and my problems. Um, so every time he correlated it to something in the Bible, I kind of turned off. But for whatever reason, I felt very compelled to go back to him. I thought it was based on the fact that he did speak very candidly to me, but in hindsight, I don't know if uh, that was exclusively it, more so that God knew who I needed to hear it from, for it actually to resonate to me. Uh, he's a big old power lifter, cowboy looking guy, so we shared some commonalities. Um, but that being said, uh, he helped me see what I was missing, uh, and what I was doing was I was trying to fill a God-sized hole in my life with things when it came to degrees and education and money and possessions and people. And... So the identity that I was missing was the identity in Christ that I was missing. And so once I realized that fulfilling aspect of what I was missing, being God and an identity in him, uh, I continued to follow Robert for another six months to a year after that, and he just became a mentor to me. I was able to ask him all things about relationships I had been in, uh, shortcomings in my life, helped see the common denominator was me, and that I was missing God in the equation. So... Interestingly enough, in those conversations with Robert, I actually reflected back to some of the lessons that I had heard from uh, Rafael Obato Sr. before those sparring sessions. And there's two things that he was definitely right about. One, pain is a good teacher, but it's an unforgiving one. And the second one is that it is universal, and you don't have to look that far to find it. I was thinking of pain in the physical sense, but what I've come to learn is that every person around me, uh, I can reach out and touch someone, they're probably experiencing pain, and it's probably not physical, it's probably emotional, it's mental pain, or it's spiritual. And with that being said, I was always looking for a way to kind of repay that back. I felt like I kind of owe a debt to, to Robert and the people that came before him in mentoring me to be able to say, hey, there's a lot of people out there that are suffering with the exact same things that I was suffering for, searching for the same things that I was searching for, but don't have somebody in their life to be able to direct them in that way. So... That being said, when I came to Harrison, I had actually seen a post on social media that said, at some point, you'll have the opportunity to tell the story of what you overcame 
and it will become someone else's survival guide. So that really resonated with me, and it's something that's been on my heart for quite some time to work with other young men that were searching in the same capacity that I was. They're lost. They don't know exactly what they're looking for, but I have a pretty good idea. And with that being said, I want to keep them from having to go through the avoidable pain, being their teacher, so that they have better direction and they don't have to wait until they get to my age to find out what it was they were looking for. Thank you. All right, good morning, church. Um, yeah, so a part that uh, in my life where uh, God certainly built my faith was uh, I want to talk about, I actually started uh, in Canada. Um, 2019 summer, I, I flew here to uh, just work a summer at a, at a wilderness camp, which is southern Alberta, uh, Blue Bronner, and uh, that was an experience where uh, I met a lot of godly people, and, and I got to know God's creation in a more intimate way up in the mountains, and um, that experience of uh, being there for me was, uh, was huge to, I think, be taken out of a place back home and then surrounded by these people at this camp. And come the end of the summer, I, uh, I was, knew I was going back home, but I kind of wanted to keep that, um, that flame going, you know what I mean? When uh, you're surrounded by these people and, and you know that you're returning to a place where things become mundane again. And, uh, and uh, I think um, when I flew home and I was praying about it the whole time of, you know, what I would do uh, returning home and, and how God would use me in a more uh, impactful way. And, um, and I, I think from the experience of being at this wilderness camp, I knew that I wanted to work outside instead uh, in God's creation. Uh, I was working with uh, computers, so just that inside office job kind of thing, but I wanted to, uh, yeah, experience something different where God would just use me. And uh, as I was praying and I kind of, as I arrived back home, I was kind of home for a week or two and just catching up with family and, and kind of relaxing and stuff. But, you know, I started searching for a job, right, that, that would, you know, be outside and in the sun. And, and uh, so I was thinking up ideas and, and I considered a pest control at one point for farmland out in rural New Zealand and something like that so I could enjoy that outside experience. And then whatever spare time I have, I'll give that to God. And that's the time that I'll use to try and be more impactful. And I spoke to my grandfather when I arrived home and I asked him, you know, I said, do you know of any suggestions of, of where I should, you know, start looking to work? And he mentioned a few places and one he said was leg up. And uh, uh, leg up is a, is a trust and they work with horses, therapy horses there. And I gained a little bit of experience from the camp uh, that I worked at here. And um, I kind of briefly thought about it. It was a very quick mention from my grandfather. But one day I was driving and uh, I was doing some errands, I think. And I was kind of in the area of where this, this farm was, this ranch. And, uh, you know, I just, I thought, you know, I'm in this area. I'm going to stop by and check it out. I didn't call ahead of time and, you know, I didn't email or anything like that. Um, but I just popped in and uh, kind of went through these uh, fences and, had to cross like a, um, this large you know, patch of grass or whatever, but I didn't really know where things were, where administration was or anything, but I just started walking at least anyway. And uh, there were this, uh, these group of kind of older people outside on like a table, uh, and it looked like they were having some sort of meeting there. And uh, 
And so uh, I, I kind of walked up and uh, to this group of uh, older people and I just said, hey, my name's Isaac and uh, I want to look at volunteering here. I heard about you through my grandfather. I think he knows someone on the board or something like that. And, um, you know, they said, okay. And I, I sat down with them and then uh, we kind of discussed kind of what they do there briefly and everything like that. And they kind of explain what they do. They look after uh, at-risk youth. It's basically youth who aren't in school because uh, they either get kicked out or they struggle too much or um, all sorts. And um, I, uh, I started volunteering there and it wasn't until uh, a week later I found out that it wasn't a meeting, it was a prayer session that the board members had come in on that day. And they don't meet very often, the board members, maybe once a quarter. And uh, they, uh, it wasn't until like a week after that they told me that I had interrupted their prayer session. And they got, they got together um, because they were really struggling and they were praying, Lord, would you send a male role model to help these boys who are at this, uh, this ranch, yeah. <clears throat> and like, uh, and for me, I mean, I'm just looking for a job that will keep me outside. I, I didn't really, <laughs> I didn't really know the, the extent of uh, like the kids that would be there and, and what the purpose is and everything. And uh, the place I didn't know was, they're not really commercially Christian um, because uh, unfortunately they found that with parents sending kids there and stuff, that was a bit of a closed door for them. Um, but they would still run and that we would follow Christian values. And, and so I, my whole experience of being there, I had, you know, prayed that for a job outside and then I'll, I'll worry about trying to, you know, get a job that pays me money and then I'll work, you know, for, for the Lord in my spare time. Um, but when I started volunteering there and I just really felt like I was thinking of, you know, I have to get a job first for money and but it just felt like the Lord was really saying that you volunteer first and then worry about the money afterwards. And uh, volunteering at this place in two weeks' time, they hired me to be full-time working there. And uh, yeah, absolutely. And so God really blessed me through that because I kind of, I wasn't expecting that God would give me both, right? Of me wanting to do what I want to do outside, but... It's his way of choosing to put me in a place where I'm supposed to be a figure for these kids who I have no experience of what these kids experience back home because they have very broken images of their father um, where they go back to home and learn these habits and whatnot. And uh, so it really blessed me because uh, sometimes I think, church, we can think about and worry about where, you know, when's God going to answer my prayer when's when something gonna happen for me to answer me but I think sometimes if we focus on that too much we forget that God's trying to use us to be the answer for someone else yeah. right and I think in that moment when they needed uh, a male role model to be working there um, at the same time I'm kind of wondering well, why am I the man placed there because I'm certainly not fit for it but God is trying to build up something in us and it may happen through a way we don't expect. And that was a year of uh, lots of learning and, and teaching and me to spend time and pray for these kids who are, were really broken and, and that taught me so much. And so that was a huge uh, yeah, moment in my life for sure. Thanks, Isaac. Okay, 
This is a little bit of a challenge for me. I gave up my phone for this. This is huge because I write everything down. Everything is written down for me. Even when I have an argument with my husband, I write it down, I show it to him. And I'm like, we can discuss this in five minutes. I need to process. You'll find out soon why. So, so um, Harrison asked me to do this. I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. And I'm like, oh, hold on. Let me just think about that. I responded too soon, but I didn't tell him that. Um, kind of the email that kind of urged me, I did a couple versions of this. So, And he said, I talked to him, I think, two Sundays ago, two Saturdays ago, and he said, pray on which one. So I did, and this one is the one I'm going to share. Some of you guys may have heard tidbits of this, but um, the email that you sent recently that kind of broke it down into three stages, that really helped me build on it. So I'm kind of going to share where I was before, how I started, an event that shaped me, um, changed me in that moment, but then how God led me and guided me to where I am here today. So here we go. Okay, I came from a Christian home. You would think I would know how to follow Jesus, but I didn't. Um, I went to Bible camps in the summer, baptized when I was 15, Briarcrest Youth Quest, 85. <laughs> but I just, it wasn't a living faith for me. I had no identity in Christ, nor did I even have an idea about how to seek it. Um, we were a based swimming family, so for 10 years, from the age of five, to 15, all of our summers were based outside at outdoor pools, green hair, swimming. My mom and dad were coaches, timekeepers. My sister and I competitively swam. So that was our life for like 10 years. Um, kind of into adulthood, kind of into college, university. Um, my mom said I was kind of an angry person. I'm like, what are you, what? I'm not angry. She's like, yeah, you're angry like all the time. Um, I might have just held some of that anger just for her, but I kind of, she said I solved my problems with my fists. You might not know that about me, but I have quite a history of fighting. <laughs> Mostly bar fights, but <laughs> yes, I was a Christian bar fighter. <laughs> don't say those together, though. They don't go together. Um, I had a lot of re like regret after doing it. That's... That's the Christian part. <laughs> but I never started a fight. And that's how I, you know, I finished them, but I never started them. Because <laughs> usually my friends would get into problems. And I'm like, Frank, okay, I'll save you. And then I'd be their savior, kind of. So I don't remember um, the majority of my life kind of prior to 1999. So something happened. I broke my ankle playing volleyball in two places, and I had to have surgery on it. I had to have a plate with seven pins put in. So it's just supposed to be day surgery, show up. Surgery happens, great. It takes them 20 minutes to wake me up, because I stayed the night just because the surgery was booked later. It takes them 20 minutes to wake me up. They don't put that on my chart. They don't pass it on to the next shift that comes in, so they give me another couple doses of morphine. The morphine they gave me shut my respiratory system down, and I went blue. My mom came in to pick me up. She was blue, not breathing, came out to the nurse's station, panicked. They intubated me. I was in ICU for three or four days, catheter. You know, it was just horrible. So that was kind of how I was going to navigate my life moving forward. So I have no core memories 
of my childhood. Um, I have snippets, but they're like pictures. They're like snapshots of what maybe people have told me. Like my mom spent years of just going through photo albums saying, this is you, this is you, this you did, this you did this, and just to kind of update me, kind of, but it was just a mess. And moving forward, I kind of have processing disorders and notes and pay bills twice, and sometimes I talk like Yoda backwards. <laughs> like, love you long time. Um, but little did I realize that this would be a gift, and I really didn't realize till going through this process what a gift that was. Moving forward, I had more tragedy, more pain. I had two miscarriages, and two years later, I had a divorce, um, and I was left with two small children. So I moved back home at the age of 33. I moved in with my mom and dad with uh, two kids under the age of two. Um, and I just said, God, like, how did I get here? And uh, it wasn't in that moment that he spoke to me, but the, that, that part of me that was missing had to go missing because he's the one that needed to fill it. I was living for myself. I was looking for my own strength to come from myself. I was trusting my own choices. I was living for me. And there was no, there was no room for him. I made no room for him. So he had to wipe out a big chunk of my life. Like, how hard-headed was I that he had to take, like, 30 years off the block? Like, but he did. And um, I kind of, the version I say, God knocked me out to get my attention. But what the devil intended for harm and destruction, God used for good. So I kind of literally, the verses to die is gain. I had to die to myself to make room for God in my life. Um, he slowed my trade down so that other people could get on. I'm a better friend. I'm a better mother. I'm a better wife. I'm a better teacher. I mean, I'm, I had to kind of just slow my role kind of thing. My big angry personality wouldn't have made room for Jesus in my life if that event did not happen. So I'm like uh, Lori, too. I'm a bit of a writer here, so I'll just... Uh... All right. So, yeah, I'm, I'm Arnold, and uh, my wife, uh, Cindy, and I, and our son, Adrian, have had uh, the good pleasure of being part of this uh, faith community for about a, a year now. And, uh, and I, I, I have to tell you from the outset that, uh, that, that I'm not a builder. Uh, it takes me about four hours to put up blinds, and so... <laughs> You know, when Harrison asked me to speak on building, I, I knew that I'd probably need a little bit of God's help here. And so I, I agreed to do that. Uh, but uh, a couple days later, I was uh, come under a bit of a spirit of condemnation because uh, I thought about it and I said, uh, you know, uh, what, what have I done to build? And uh, how many lives have I built into and how many lives should have I built into? And uh, uh, how hard should have I tried? And maybe I didn't try hard enough. And surely there's got to be somebody that has something more to say than I do on building. And so I thought about that and it recurred to me then on day three that this would probably be more than a five-minute talk, but something that I'd have to reflect on and wrestle with. Um, in the latest season of my life, the thing that I've been most struck with is, is God's goodness and his insatiable uh, desire to seek me out even when I haven't been looking for him as hard as I should. Uh, before coming to Kingdom, 
uh, I was very content at our church. Uh, we'd been going there for many years, and uh, there was no reason to leave. Uh, we were happy. Uh, we were content. Um, but in hindsight, I probably was just a little bit too comfortable uh, because my faith was probably uh, slipping uh, into religion, into legalism, maybe even into rebellion. So I think God wanted something better for me. And so what he did is he struck the world with COVID. <laughs> so suddenly I was in the same boat a lot of, uh, a lot of us were. Uh, we were watching online services. And uh, it was good, but it, for me it didn't quite feel the same. And I started to question things that I hadn't questioned in a long time. And uh, my wife, who's got a more restless spirit than I, started to watch Kingdom Church. And uh, one day she decided, she asked me to watch online, and I did. And uh, I don't even know which message was said, but uh, I do know that uh, the words caught my heart. And uh, I, I didn't know it at the time, but I, I had walked through a door of God's goodness. Uh, and uh, then we started watching more Kingdom Church uh, services. And um, my wife, who's got a more restless spirit than I, said she wanted to come to Kingdom Church. And uh, I wasn't too sure, but uh, I can tell everybody here today that husbands, sometimes the voice of God is the voice of your wife. <laughs> and, and half the church cheered. <laughs> and... And again, I was hesitant because, um, you know, it's a smaller church, a non-denominational church, a, a younger church, and a charismatic church. And these are things that, that really didn't quite sit uh, comfortable with me, but in a very small act of faith, I said yes. And, uh, and looking back, I just walked through another door of God's goodness. Uh, because, you know, the, the messages that I found uh, so moving for me... Um, link me up with you folks, uh, uh, an inspiring group of believers and builders. And, uh, you know, I've been coming to church for 50 years, and uh, I immediately saw something special here uh, and something, something beautiful. And since that time we've been coming, uh, there's been lots of doors of goodness that I've come to see in the last year. I've seen uh, my son Adrian get connected with a great group of uh, young people. A truly inspiring group of uh, young young people that I've got to know as well. I've had my first uh, grandson, uh, seven months old, and uh, I've witnessed God's profound goodness in him. And uh, you know, it's something that a healthy baby grandson is nothing you can take for granted. And it's he's someone I just can't help but love, and uh, he does absolutely nothing. Uh, and. And while, while our family's been uh, blessed with a lot of uh, with new life, we've also confronted death. Uh, both of Cindy's uh, parents have passed away in the last uh, few months. And uh, a very sad uh, chapter in our lives. But, you know, God gave us his goodness in that time, too. We saw how their God-honoring lives le left us with a, a legacy of love. And um, we saw the utter fearlessness with which they faced death. And uh, we saw a new community of faith rally around us in ways that were just quite honestly humbling. So, And so as I'm sensing all of this stuff going on and I'm feeling God's uh, goodness in my life, um, God in his infinite wisdom asks Harrison to speak on the book of Galatians, you know, a book dedicated to, 
to God's goodness and grace. And to be honest, there's been times where my spirit has just been overwhelmed. And there's many messages that I needed to hear, that, that God is for me. He's not against me. He desires the best for me. He calls me to be his son, not a slave. And his desire for me is freedom. And when I know that I haven't uh, met God's expectations, I can rest in the thought that there's nothing that I can do to make him love me more. His love for me is pure and it's undeserved. It's like a father's love or a grandfather's. God is a God of redemption and a God of new beginnings. And it was like God was saying to me, Arnold, I really need you to get this. And the dots were starting to connect. And uh, while there's still days in my life where my selflessness, uh, selfishness takes over and I do lack trust, I do find myself uh, more intentionally looking for God in these door, doorways of life. And when I do and I see him, my spirit is restored. And, uh, and then I see uh, invisible, but I see undeniable change in my life. Yeah, I find myself worrying about things a lot less than I used to. I find myself not so much interested in the politics around us and in the kingdoms of this world. I find myself thinking more about the things I do have rather than the things I don't. And sometimes in praise service, I just find myself overwhelmed by God's goodness and praising God in ways that I've never done before. Um, yeah. You know, Dave, David in the Psalms uh, said it best, to taste and see that the Lord is good. Uh, blessed is the one that takes refuge in him. And so when I read this verse uh, a few weeks ago, it, things became a little clearer to me. Uh, you know, the doors of goodness that I felt that I was passing through were re really leading me to a refuge of God. And the closer I got to that refuge, the more blessed I felt. And so... While I might not think I'm a builder, I know that by God's grace, I too can build. And I don't have to feel the pressure of building, and I don't have to feel the shame of not having built. And I know now that my yesterdays don't have to define my tomorrows, because Christ found a way. And he made an unchanging God change. And because he changed, so too can I. All I have to do is to remember to seek refuge in him and what he's built, and look for him in the doorways of life uh, to say the smallest of yeses and God's miracle of grace will do all the building. It'll be invisible, but it'll be undeniable. And I know that's true because I've seen it in many of you. So thank you. I became a Christian when I was 14 years old, and uh, shortly after that, my family started attending this church. And it actually, it wasn't a very healthy place. Um, I would describe it a lot like a high school clique. So you had to live up to a certain moral standard, uh, and you had to check all the boxes. And if you were liked, then you would be on the in crowd. But if you weren't living up to this standard, then you were probably highly criticized and in sometimes um, asked not to serve. And I saw people being asked to leave this church over what I would call very minor disagreements, which isn't a good thing. So I ended up leaving that place. And I started spending time with my friends who were Christians like me who had left the church for uh, similar reasons or friends that were not Christian. 
But the point is that I found more support and community outside the church than I ever found inside. And I did not become part of the community of Christians again for about 10 years. And in that time, I started to view Christians that attend church as untrustworthy, judgmental, stuck up, goody-goody, um, and other things like that. So um, in my early to mid-20s, um, after I had left the church, I did struggle with some mild depression and anxiety. And um, I started going to therapy with a Christian counselor. And uh, God is so good because through this uh, process of therapy and healing prayer, he healed me of all of that. And then I met my husband, Alex, and we have two beautiful children. And um, a couple of years ago, Alex and I had fallen into some dysfunctional patterns of relating in our marriage, and our relationship was struggling. And then just over a year ago, we lost our home and everything we owned in a large and scary house fire. Our children were not home at the time, thankfully. Alex and I ran out of the house with our two dogs about 30 seconds before the roof collapsed, and it was a very terrifying experience. And after the fire, I just, I fell into darkness. I had um, severe PTSD. Um, I was having night terrors and visions and dreams, and um, I was very depressed. I would say that I did not lose my faith, but I did lose my hope. I stopped believing that God wanted good things for my life. And that's a really sad and negative place to be, but that's where I was. So I have this friend, her name is Tomi. And um, in the past couple of years, um, when I was just feeling really down and praying to God for help, my phone would ring and it would be Tomi. And um, the incredible thing about that is that me and Tomi don't talk very often. <laughs> we maybe talk maybe once every couple of months. And um, I think you know that when, um, when you're feeling down, you're asking for help, and your other friend calls, and uh, your Christian friend calls and speaks words of encouragement in your life, that that's God speaking through them. And one of the things that Tomi encouraged me to do was to become part of a church again. And I think at one point she said that God was building me an army, and she was speaking of Kingdom Church when she said that. And... Um, um, yeah, so we had already started coming here. We actually originally started attending just for our kids. <laughs> and um, so I, you know, I figured, why, why not? So I um, started coming more regularly, started attending small group, getting to know some of you a little bit better. And I think it would have been really easy to put that fake smile on my face and act like I got it all together, everything's fine, um, you know, insurance is covering it. I'm actually a quite a skilled actor. I think most of you would have been fooled by that. <laughs> but um, every time I tried to do that, God said no. He just put this weight on my heart, and he asked me to just be vulnerable and authentic with you, and he said to me, I want you to share your struggle with these other Christians. And that was incredibly difficult for two reasons. Um, the first one, because this is a difficult time in my life. In fact, I think the most difficult time in my life. And the second is that obviously I have trust issues, <laughs> especially when it comes to Christians in the church. So it was hard, but it worked out. Um, and I started to develop friendships and relationships here at church that I never thought was possible before. 
And then it gets, it gets better. Um, uh, as a bonus, um, of course, I've been in therapy again. So as of two months ago, I've been healed of PTSD. Um, and I just have to say that I'm incredibly grateful for everything that God has done. You guys are amazing. Um, man, just the, the verse that came to my head was in the book of, Re in the book of Revelation. Uh, it just talks about um, how we as Christians, um, a lot of times we have, and the words in Revelation say, the accuser um, who condemns and accuses the brethren. And um, in the book of Revelation, it says two things help us overcome uh, the accusations of the enemy, the darkness that a lot of us feel. He says it's the blood of the lamb, it's all Jesus, but it's also the word of our testimony, right? And so you guys, as you shared today, you are helping other people in this room overcome. Um, because listen, every single one of you guys in this room, whatever you have been through, the beauty of following Jesus is we serve the God that says what the enemy meant for evil, he's gonna turn it for good. And I just believe that your trials, your tribulations, they're just your testimony. And so, man, I'm just so honored that you guys trusted us as a church enough to share um, what you've been doing. And I was extremely blessed and I know you guys are so blessed. So um, Jesus, I'm just so thankful for you, God. Uh, you're the only one that could take these things, these hard things, these hard heads sometimes. And God, turn it and use it for good. So we just thank you, Jesus. Um, we just love you. And, and Lord, I just pray, God, that you just in the same way continue to work in this place, in our hearts. We are so thankful for you, for your goodness, for your grace, Jesus. We love you. We pray in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the message. We hope it blessed you and that you're encouraged and inspired. If you made a decision to follow Jesus or want more information about our church, head over to kingdomchurch.ca and we would love to connect with you. Be blessed as you continue your week.